Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Tonight, we're going to talk about sleep. Sleep. Um... And, and over the course of time, you know, I've, I've had issues with sleep and everybody else. But let me, let me start off with my, some of my Proverbs stuff. You know, there's, there's a warning in Proverbs. And we'll just kind of get through this little first part, you know, and then go on to the main part. But I just wanted to, to touch on this. Um, there is some admonition in the book of Proverbs about too much sleep. Mm-hmm. Go with me to Proverbs 6. Our main topic is lack of sleep, but we're going to talk about problem with too much sleep. Proverbs 6, starting in verse 9, says, How long will you sleep, O sluggard? When will you arise out of your sleep? Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep, so shall your poverty come as one who travels and your want as an armed man. You have a companion verse over there that says pretty much the same thing in Proverbs 24, verses 33 through 34. Then in Proverbs 19, go over there, Proverbs 19, verse 15, it says, Slothfulness casts into a deep sleep, and an idle soul shall hunger. Then go over one more chapter to Proverbs 20, verse 13. This is just going to, we're going to take just a few minutes, you know, just a little admonition here about sleeping too much. Uh, it says, love not sleep, lest thou come to poverty. Open your eyes, and you shall be satisfied with bread. The New American Bible says, love not sleep, lest you be reduced to poverty. Eyes wide open mean abundant food. Hallelujah. Ecclesiastes 5.12 says, The sleep of the laboring man is sweet, whether he eat little or much, but the abundance of the rich will not suffer him to sleep. And they, another translation of that says, The man who works hard sleeps well, whether he eats little or much, but the rich must worry and suffer insomnia. You know, I just want to just kind of, you know, just kind of touch on this just for a moment. Just because, uh, you know, I've heard it said, my, my mother's famous for this particular saying, she said, there's nothing sorrier than a lazy man. Yeah. You know, I don't know where she got that from, but she's absolutely right. You know, so, uh, you know, there's always an admonition for people, don't, don't be lazy. You can usually tell a lazy person because they're always wanting to rest. They're always wanting to sit down. They're always wanting to sleep. They're always wanting to do anything but work. So the Bible has something to say about sleeping too much. But, you know, it's pretty much all consumed right in this little bitty area. And there's still a lot to learn from that, a lot to glean from that, a lot to take warning over, take heed to, to correct if that happens to be, which I'm sure that's nobody in here. You know, but we've all seen people like that. I, I recall um, somebody telling me that worked in a, in a manufacturing situation about a man that they had hired and he didn't last there very long because he was hired um, to do work that was just, it was manual labor. It wasn't really involved. It wasn't really all that technical. But they could never find him. <laughs> he was always in the bathroom or around the corner or wandered off somewhere. You know, that's called being a sluggard. 
And there's a lot of people in this world today who don't have much because they're not willing to put their hands to the plow and do some work. So, and the Bible has something to say about that. So I just want to just give you that little, that's a freebie, okay? So anyway, we're going to talk about regular sleep. And sleep is an important part of your life. And God's got a lot to say about your sleep and about what, you know, you could expect to have in your sleep. And uh, lack of sleep, there's, I mean, we live in a society today that is so sleep-deprived. And uh, people don't realize what, uh, what a danger that is. Chronic sleep issues put you at risk for major health concerns, things like obesity, cardiovascular disease, high blood pressure, diabetes, get your hormones all out of whack. You get, you get caught up in a chronic lack of sleep cycle. You know, stress hormone cortisol just goes crazy. And, and I'm telling you what, when you don't have enough sleep, you go crazy. Person who doesn't have enough sleep is cranky, irritable, hard to get along with, bad at decision-making. Oh, my. So many things. And um, here's what happens. No sleep after 20 to 25 hours results in impairment in a human being equal to a blood alcohol level of 0 0.10. After 0 .08, you are considered DUI if you've got alcohol in your system. So you are over the limit for DUI. You're driving under the influence of no sleep. After 36 hours, you get high levels of inflammatory markers in your bloodstream. After 48 hours, you start doing what's little called little micro-sleeps. Anybody ever been going down the road? and you wake up about five miles later and don't know how you got there? Nobody but me. Okay, all right. If you're a truck driver, that's not a good thing. Uh, that's why they make they have all those rules and regulations to go to truck drivers. Uh, I know when I was working for Camp Decision all those years ago and doing security, there, were, there was a couple of years where the last couple of nights of camp was virtually no sleep. And I scared myself one day. I don't know. I remember, I think it was, maybe it was down at St. Leo's is where that particular camp was. And I don't really know how I managed to get home. We had some children there that year at camp who decided to uh, be a little bit of a handful. And so on Thursday night, there wasn't much sleep. And you know, when you, when you work security, you, know, you stay up until at least midnight, and you're up at like 6 o'clock in the morning to be ahead of all those little darling blessings that are there at camp. And, and sometimes, you know, you have to make the rounds two or three times to make sure they're in their beds doing what they're supposed to be doing. And so sometimes it was 2, 3 o'clock in the morning before you could get some sleep, and you get a couple hours of sleep, and you get up, and you go again. And on Thursday night, because they all knew that the threat of going home if you don't behave was like no big deal because I'm going home tomorrow anyway, that's when we would get the most excitement, you know. And so there were, there were several times I was up all night long, you know, running down little problem areas and taking care of things and that kind of stuff. And I remember driving home and, and um, you know, sometimes I just had to pray. Sometimes it was open the window, let the, let the wind blow in, whatever. But it, was, it could be a scary thing. You know, lack of sleep will do that. Um, that's 40, just 48 hours without sleep. 
After 72 hours without sleep, then you start hallucinating. So sleep is an important thing. And in, in, our, in our world today, we find out that, that sleep, the lack of sleep is, is being fueled by so much stress. This world lives stressed out all the time. But unfortunately, believers can fall into the same category of stress. God does not want you to be stressed. He wants you to sleep and to sleep well, not sleep badly. Now, there are times, you know, when, you know, there are health reasons, you know, why somebody's not sleeping. Uh, just somebody was telling me just not long ago about how they'd just been really, really fatigued and tired and they'd go to bed and, and wake up the next morning and, and not, uh, I mean, just, just still just, just, just fatigued. Well, if that's happening to you, you need to find out if there's a health problem, if there's a health risk. This particular person told me they went and had a sleep study done and found out they had a good case of sleep apnea that they're going to believe God for. In the meantime, they've got some, some help, some medical help for that. But they're not going to just rely on just medical help the rest of their lives. They're going to rely on the power of God to correct that. And so there might be some health risks, some health issues that keep you from being able to get a good night's sleep. Uh, you know, we're, it's not anything new. Um, in the book of Daniel, you'll, talk, you'll see the king there. His, uh, he, was, he was troubled, just like sometimes today we find ourselves troubled. In Daniel 2, 1, it says his spirit was troubled and his sleep break from him. Another translation of that said his mind was disturbed and his sleep departed from him. Another translation of that says, uh, his, his, he said that they were talking about the situation, he said, which left his spirit no rest and robbed him of his sleep. Listen, if you're not being able to sleep as a believer, the enemy is robbing you. He's robbing you of something vital to your life that God intends for you to have victory in. He intends for you to have refreshing in. Um, in Daniel 6, 8, the same king, he was talking about him because he'd put Daniel into the lion's den and he was, he was bound by his word to, to put Daniel in the lion's den because that's what he had decreed. And when it became evident that he was going to have to do that with Daniel, he just, he just, he, his sleep went from him. He was, he was having to stay true to his word in front of these people, but his sleep went from him because he was so troubled about having to do that to Daniel. Listen, God's, God's not going to help the guy who's doing something wrong to his kids. If they're, if they're troubled, that's their problem. They're gonna, the way to get over it is stop treating his kids the way they ought to be treated. And, of course, this king fully expected Daniel to be there the next morning, but at the same time, his sleep would not come. He was so concerned. He was so worried. Uh, so today, there are things that hinder us from sleeping as believers. And we're going to get to um, two positives. There's a couple of good positive things about maybe why you don't sleep a full night. Number one is maybe God wants to talk to you. There are times that we stay so busy that we don't really make time for God, that our mind is running so fast, our mind is so consumed with so many things. 
oh, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll spend some time praying. We'll spend some time in the Word. But God's got some specific things He wants to talk to you about. And sometimes He'll have to wake you up in the middle of the night to say, I need to talk to you about this. If He does... Be sure you listen. Good example of this is, is over in, in uh, the book of 1 Samuel, where Samuel had laid down to sleep, and he heard a voice calling him. And he got up, and he went to the prophet Eli, and he said, What do you need, sir? I, I didn't call you. Go back and lay back down. So he went and laid back down. And he heard that same voice calling him again. He got up, went back to Eli again. You know, finally, Eli said to him, I believe that the Lord wants, be, wants to talk to you. Hopefully, we're not quite that dense. Hopefully, we catch on a lot sooner. And so, God did talk to Samuel. There are times when he's got some important things to say, and he needs for all the rest of your surroundings to be in a quiet place so that he can talk to you about things. Sometimes, it's about its direction. Sometimes, it's about things that's coming in the future. Sometimes, it's a warning. Sometimes, it's just... You know, just just simply just to spend some time. But, but, you know, if you wake up in the middle of the night and it just seems like I'm suddenly awake, I don't know why, check and see. Lord, have you got something you want to say to me? Is there something, is there something we need to talk about? Do I need to spend some time here with you? That's a wonderful opportunity to get some real clarity on things. You know, we, 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 we ask God for clarity. We ask God for wisdom. You know, and sometimes, you know, he'll wait until the middle of the night to wake us up and give you the wisdom that you need for a particular situation, for a particular endeavor that you're about to take on. That might be, I've heard, I've heard tell of people who've been awakened by God in the middle of the night to give them an idea, a business idea, something that would set them up for future wealth. It's possible, folks. It's possible. It's not really a bad idea for you to keep a pen and paper next to your bed. I don't know how many times I've woken up in the middle of the night and something, you know, just is stirring on the inside. And I don't take the time to just sit down or, or, or just get up and go write it down. And the next morning, it's really hard to recover what God was saying to me in the middle of the night. So it's not a really a bad idea to have something at hand so that you can actually write down what God's talking to you about, what he says to you, the actual specific direction he gives you. You know, the next day you might just be a little too foggy to remember it. So, so take that opportunity. The other thing is sometimes God wants you to pray. He could be asking you to pray about something you know concerning your own life. He could be asking you to pray about someone that you know in a situation in their lives. He could be asking you to pray for someone, but you don't know what the situation is. You just know that God's brought this person before you and that you need to pray for them. Uh, there could be any number of things, you know, that God wants you to pray about. You know, be open. Be ready. If it means getting up out of bed, then get up out of bed. Sometimes we think, well, I'll just lay here and pray quietly. Well, you know, there are times you can do that. There are times you can just quietly lay in the bed and pray in the Holy Ghost, and, and that's sufficient. There are other times when this is going to require some real in-depth attention, and you may need to get up and go to a different room and go to a different place, you know, and just get before the Lord. Listen, don't ever ignore those kind of things, because if God is directing you to get up and to pray 
or to get up to have a conversation with him. There's something vital that's happening. Cooperate with him. Go with the flow of what he's trying to do. He will redeem the sleep. When you go back to sleep, you will wake up then in the morning refreshed. He never takes away from that time. He always adds to that time. And so those are the two good reasons you know, for God to wake you up. Uh, then there's, there's some other areas. I mean, I've had, uh, you know, I can only speak for myself, but I don't think that I'm unique in this area. Uh, but there are times when my own spirit's troubled is why I can't sleep. Something's wrong. Something's just not right that I need to fix. Anybody been there? Okay. I have, I've seen many's the time where um, actions or words or attitudes have not been what they should have been. And I go to bed, find myself troubled, cannot sleep cannot sleep because I'm just playing it over and over and over in my mind, you know, about what I did that, that, that was not like it should have been. And, and I, and I lay there and I just, I just, I just rehearse it and just go, oh Lord, I'm just, you ever found yourself just telling yourself, yourself, I I don't want to say it, but in my mind, I'm going, you are so stupid. I can't believe you said that. I can't believe I did that. I can't believe, I can't believe, what were you, what was I thinking? I, you rehearse it over and over and over and over. Listen, if that's you, then if it's something you can take care of right then, take care of it. Repent. Repent. If it's something that uh, you can Words aren't necessarily able to be retrieved. You know, when they're out there, they're out there. But you can go back to someone that maybe you've spoken too harshly, that maybe you've wronged, maybe you've um, had an attitude with. You can go back to them the next day, you know, and you can correct those things. You can actually call someone up and say, I apologize. It never hurts anyone to say, I'm sorry. In fact, it will do you good. If you will listen to the whole, you, you can lay there in bed, you can th- fret over it all night, or you can just say, Father, forgive me. Tomorrow, I'll make it right. And then go back to sleep. He will help you go back to sleep, and you'll be, you'll be finding yourself able to get up the next day and do what you need to do. You know, I, I know over the years that uh, I've heard someone, another minister say that uh, he had an issue with somebody, and, and he had to call them up and repent. And he said, well, that really helped me a lot because, number one, I did the right thing. I called that person up. I repented toward them. He said, but it also made me mindful the next time to watch what I say a little better, to watch my attitudes a little better so that I won't have to put myself in the position of having to call them and humble myself and say, I'm sorry, will you forgive me? Then there are times my own spirit is bothering me because I'm about to make the wrong decision somewhere. Hmm. I'm telling you what, sleep and the lack of it can be such a gauge 
when you're about to do something wrong. And see, somebody, Mr. RJ over there uh, agrees with me. <laughs> but but there, when you're about to make the wrong decision, and usually it's a major decision of life, you're not going to be able to sleep well. And if, if that's you, you need to recognize it, and you need to make a determination that I am not going to do what I, about, what I, I thought I was going to do. I am not going to do it. There are times we, have, we find ourselves put under pressure to make a decision. And I'm here to tell you that decisions made under pressure are rarely the right decisions. If a decision can't wait until you can make it soberly, knowing all the facts, making a, a conscious decision that, yes, this is what I want to do because I know this is the right thing to do. Don't make that decision. Don't do it. But they have to have an answer by tomorrow. I have to have an answer by tomorrow. I have to do, do, do. You know, there's always the next day. Somebody once said, when they, t- when they tell you tomorrow's the last day, don't worry, there's always the next one. There's always something else. God's going to, to, I think, give you grace in a situation where you're just unsettled about something and to give you the time that you need to make the right decision. But don't jump into situations. And if you've jumped into something and now you can't sleep, oh, my heavens, you need to the next morning say, Lord, give me grace. Help me. Give me favor. Give me mercy. Give me whatever it is I need to undo the decision I just made. Sometimes the decision is only, only a mental decision. I have decided to do so and so. And you can deal with that real readily. Sometimes it's the decision you've made that involves other people, commitments you've made, already put out there to somebody or to something. If you know in your heart that's not it, you believe God for the grace and the favor to get up the next day and to make that decision the right decision, to change it, to put it off, you know, to delay it, whatever you have to do. But I have found many times, you know, we, we've done that. I, I remember years ago when we were, we were living out in Gilchrist County, we had only been here um, about a year, almost two, about two, almost two years, and we had found a house here in High Springs that was like a, we were going to rent to own. And so we'd given this man our deposit. And we began, we were just weary of being so far out of town and tired of waiting you know, and this just seemed like a good thing. And so we jumped at the opportunity to get into this home. And so we had already packed up stuff, and I told our landlord we were, we were moving, giving him notice. We'd been great tenants. He was sorry to see us go, all this kind of stuff. And the more things we moved into that house, the sicker I got. And that night, no sleep, absolutely no sleep, couldn't sleep. We had made a commitment to this gentleman we had told our landlord we were leaving, and yet it was the wrong decision. Wrong decision. And it just troubled all night. We were both just troubled all night. Couldn't sleep, couldn't sleep. The next morning, got up and said, can't do this. Can't do this. You know, had to, had to tell two different people. A landlord, okay, we're not going after all. The new guy, we're not going to take this house after all. Now, that particular situation, it cost us. It cost us our deposit which at the time was not an easy thing to come by. You know, money was not that abundant. And so it cost us that. 
and it just seemed like everything was just, okay, this was, okay. But you knew it was the right decision, but it looked like it was costing us so much. Not too long after that, we wound up in the house that had always been my house that I wanted. You know, so you know what? There are times when you just get tired of waiting on God's best, and you make a decision, but as soon as you, you hit that place, and, 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 and you're, at nighttime is where you're going to see it a lot of times, when you see that, when you, when you experience that sleeplessness because of the decision you just made, God will help you undo it. Even if it costs you something, he will help you undo that thing. So, so do what you need to do to correct it. If your spirit, is, man, is just troubling you so much that you can't sleep, you need to figure out what it is and deal with it. Now, the biggest issue that's believers that we face that keep us from sleeping is worry. It's worry. Um, I've got so many scriptures here. And, and I, to, today, you know, I tried to talk myself out of doing this. And so when I start putting all these scriptures down, they may not be in the order that I really want to use them in. So you just give me a minute here and let me just figure out where we're going to go here. And I'll, just, I'll go back to my computer after this is over and figure out where to rearrange these at. But uh, it's not God's plan for any of us to be stressed or to worry about things of this life. Go with me to Matthew. Mark, was, Mark Bauer was just there just a minute ago. Matthew 6. Starting in verse 25. It says, Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life. Now, I write myself notes in my Bible all the time when I hear a translation from a different uh, area that means something. I may not always write down where it came from, but I have in parentheses that phrase, take no thought. And from another translation, it says, stop being perpetually uneasy. Stop it. Stop it. Take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat, and the body more than raiment? Behold, the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take you thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field which is today and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or where shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows what things you have need of. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. You know, I've written, I've written in here, tomorrow will take, can take care of itself. You know, the, the two days you can never get hold of is yesterday and tomorrow. We have to live today. 
today. Today. There's no reason to take thought for all these things because tomorrow will take care of itself. But he says don't take any thought for tomorrow. Stop being perpetually uneasy. If you go over with me to 1 Peter 5, verse 7, and I'm sure you know these, these verses. But you know what? We, we need to be reschooled from time to time in these things. 1 Peter 5, 7. Because things come up all the time that, that want to keep us in a place of stress, a trace, place of worry, a place of unquiet. A little verse, verse 7, casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. Isn't that wonderful? Just such a short little verse. Casting all your care upon him. For he cares for you. The Amplified of that says it this way. Casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all, on him. For he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. He cares for you. He cares about you. There's two different words. He cares for you. It's out of his love that he cares for you. It's out of his grace and his mercy and his goodness that he cares for you. He has great affection for you. You are the apple of his eye. He knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. He predestined you to be called of him, to be known by him. He's put out a plan and a purpose for you. He knows all about you. So he cares for you affectionately. He cares about you watchfully. He's watching. He knows what's going on in your life. He knows what things are coming up tomorrow, next week, next month, next year. He knows what's going on today. Sometimes we take today's problems and we shoot them into tomorrow. You know, and we let tomorrow take them and expand them like a big bowl of, of dough rising. Anybody make homemade bread? You know, I've got a great recipe for homemade bread. But, you know, you, you put all this stuff together and you let it rise. And it'll rise, you know, twice as big as it was before. Sometimes we allow the things that are worrying us to do like the yeast. Worry becomes the yeast. And it just rises, you know, and just all the problems just seem to be magnified. Twice as big, three times as big, ten times as big. We've already, you know, the, the end result is gloom, doom, despair, you know. And it's just, listen, God says don't take any thought for tomorrow. Psalm 55, 22, 22 says pretty much the same thing. It says cast your burden upon the Lord. The Amplified there says release the weight of it. Release the weight of it. And he shall sustain thee. You know, there is a place for us to be able to sleep, no matter what the situation is. I've, I've you know, experienced many times areas of, of worry that involved finances, that involved relationships, that involved health. But you know what? God never intends for us to worry about because why? He's already given us all the answers, He's already given us the solution. He's already told us what he's already done. He's already done something about it. He's already provided for it. 
He's already given direction. You know, if you need direction, you ask. If you need wisdom, you ask. The Holy Spirit's the one on the inside. He's the lead, the leader, the teacher, the guide, the revealer of secrets. He's everything that we're going to need. If we have questions, if we, if we need answers, he's there to provide them. You know, why do we worry so much? Why do we stress out so much over all these things? You know, because we, we're really not listening to him. It says over in Hebrews 4.3, For we which have believed, we which have believed, do enter into rest. You know, what sleep does for us is helps us rest, naturally speaking. God wants you to rest in him so that your natural sleep is not affected. Because what is rest all about? It's about recharging, refreshing, renewing, revitalizing, and reinvigorating your life. Spirit, soul, and body. That's what he wants you to do. We which have believed do enter into rest. One of the best gauges of whether you're in faith about a particular situation is can you rest? Can you go to sleep tonight and just go to sleep? Can you go to bed and just go to sleep? In spite of what's going on, in spite of all the turmoil that seems to be happening and all the decisions that need to be made and all the possibilities that are out there and all the, the things the enemy brings, pictures he brings to you, yeah, you can lay down and you can go to sleep. You can People say, I, I just can't do that. I, I mean, I, I know somebody right now, I just said, you, you just got to stop worrying about that. Well, I just can't do that. No, you won't do that. That's it. Don't say you can't. Change it to the reality. The reality is, I don't want to. I don't want to let go of it. I don't want to. The Bible says to cast it all over on him. It didn't say you hang on to it. You know, we used to sing a song when I was growing up, take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. We would do that. You know, I saw people, you know, growing up, you know, we had altars, actual altars, and people would come down and they'd, and they'd get on their knees and they'd, pry, they'd cry and they'd pray and say, thank you, Lord, I'm bringing all my burdens to you. And they'd get up and they'd pick them up and take them back with them. Yeah. You know, I mean, literally, they could almost physically, you could almost physically see them take, pick them up and take them back with them. That's where you're supposed to leave them. Um, it says in Matthew 11, 28 through 30, it says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. See, the problem here sometimes is we haven't, we haven't gotten to a place where we're ready to learn of him on a particular subject. And that's why we're carrying all this worry and all this stress around. It says, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Listen, he wants to take all that from you. And he wants you to just let him take care of it. Be open to direction. Be open to, to anything he might tell you to do concerning this about how to handle the situation. How about handle yourself in any, any particular area? But let him take the worry out of it. People who will, not, who will not do that, it's just because they're not willing to let go of it. 
They're not willing to let go of it. I mean, I come from a line of world-class warriors. And, uh, you know, it just, it just does nothing but keep people just stressed out all the time. Hallelujah. You know, there's not too many people who have the situation that these two guys I'm fixing to talk to you about were in, and yet they were able to sleep. Daniel, over in Daniel chapter 6, he's in the den of lions. Now, the king is in his house, in his palace. He's not slept all night. His spirit is troubled. He can't sleep. Daniel, on the other hand, not a problem. Now, the word doesn't say, I went and made sure I looked up because we always wonder about Daniel. It doesn't say he actually slept. But what is it you're supposed to do at night? Sleep. So when the king came to him the next morning and hollered down into that pit, Daniel, are you there? He's going, I'm here, Lord, oh king, I'm here. I'm here. I, I can't help but think that Daniel did lay down, use one of those fluffy cats, you know, as a pillow, you know, and, and just listen to him purr all night. And just went to sleep. What do you do at night? You're asleep. There wasn't any point in him staying awake. God had his back. No problem. Then there's, there was a story of Peter in Acts 12. Go over there. Now, you're going to be killed in the morning. You, this is your last night of life on this earth. And yet Peter found himself between soldiers, between two soldiers, this is in uh, Acts 12, verse 6, said Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and the keepers before the door kept the prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shone in the prison, and he smote Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly, and his chains fell off from his hands. Listen, I, I kind of I would think that just the light coming on in the prison would have woke me up. Somebody comes in my room at night and turns on the light, I'm going to be awake. But here you have a divine heavenly light that suddenly shows up there. And let's face it, the prisons back then were totally dark. Dank. I mean, I mean, this was a bad place to be, to find yourself. Light didn't wake him up. Angel had to smack him and say, wake up. Now, that's a man who is totally at peace, totally at rest. How many of us have been in the same situation where we thought, tomorrow I die? Tomorrow I'm dying, you know, and we're go, able to go to sleep. Peter did. If Peter can, you can. No matter what the situation is, if Peter did, you can. And that's the whole point. His trust was in God. And that's where we fail sometimes to, to recognize where our problem is. We're failing to put our trust in the one who said, I'll take care of it. But there's a whole lot of scriptures that talk about what we need to be looking at. Psalm 23, go over there. You know this. You can quote Psalm, the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. 
He leads me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. I've got some different versions here. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. One translation says, in pastures of tender grass, he makes me lie down. He wants your bed at night to be like tender grass. Unto restful waters, he leads me. Another translation says, he makes a resting place for me in the green fields. He is my guide by the quiet waters. The next verse, verse 3, says he restores my soul. One translation said he renews life within me. And this was interesting. The Taylor translation says he restores my failing health. He restores. See, that's what God wants to do. If you have problems sleeping, go to Psalm 23. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Psalm 116, verse 7 says, Return to thy rest, O my soul, for the Lord hath dealt bountifully with me. New, New American Bible says, Return, O my soul, to your tranquility, for the Lord has been good to me. Listen, in the middle of the night when you're troubled with something, you need to rehearse the fact that God's been good to you. And the very fact that he's been good to you before means he's good to you now and he'll be good to you tomorrow. And that should help you go to sleep. Uh, another ver Taylor version of that says, Now I can relax, for the Lord has done this wonderful miracle for me. Isn't that wonderful? I can relax. Just relax and go to sleep, for goodness sake. Now, I'm, I'm preaching to myself as much as to anybody else because I still find myself at times having to deal with the same kind of thing. Something's on my mind, you know. And you know, I have found myself at times where I wake up in the middle of the night, I've been in a sound sleep, suddenly I'm awake, and some one little thought pops into my head. And then I, I, tell, I tell pastor, I said, it's like the train has left the station. It's like this long thing just pulls out and just keeps going, and I can't find the end of it. The caboose never shows up, you know, until I kind of get a hold of myself and say, no, stop that. You are going back to sleep. You are going to sleep. But here's some, here's some great, great verses for you. I actually cross-stitched one of these from, from my, my pastor's mama years ago. She was having some problems sleeping, and so I was into cross-stitch back in those days. And, and I, I, I cross-stitched cross one of these, and she kept, kept it beside her bed for a very long time. So anytime she woke up, she'd see that right away. Uh, it was Psalm 4, verse 8. I will both lay me down and sleep. For you, O Lord, only make me dwell in safety. You know, sometimes we go lay our, ourselves down, we don't sleep. But this says, I will both lay me down and sleep sleep. For you, Lord, only make me dwell in safety. Psalm 3 verse 5 says, I laid me down and slept. I awaked for the Lord sustained me. These are great verses. You need to be, if you have issues sleeping, you need to be writing these down. Psalm 127 2 said, it is vain, senseless, a waste of time, another translation says, for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he gives his beloved sleep. Are you his beloved? Then don't waste your time. 
eating the bread of sorrows. One version says, since he provides for his beloved as they sleep. As you sleep, God's working on things. He's taking care of those issues. Another translation says, for he gives blessings to his beloved in sleep. Taylor translation said, for God wants his loved ones to get their proper rest. Proverbs 3 verse 24 says, when you lie down, you shall not be afraid. Yea, you shall lie down and your sleep shall be sweet. Jeremiah 31 verses 25 and 26 it says, upon this aisle, Jeremiah is, is, is talk, the Lord's been talking to him in his sleep, and he said, upon this I awaked and beheld, and my sleep was sweet unto me. One version says, I awoke and was refreshed, and my sleep was peaceful. The Amplified of that says, my sleep was sweet in the assurance it gave to me. Listen, it's important I, I know we, there are books out there on, on peace, you know, and, and you need to get a hold of that because this really sleep and peace all goes together. You find your place of peace, you will find your place of sleep. But there are specific promises in the Bible, specific, specific verses that will help you when you're unable to sleep. You need to go find the one that speaks to your heart. And have it ready for those nights when the enemy comes at you. There are times when you say, nope, I'm not going to let my mind dwell on these things. Just take authority over those things. Say, nope, God's got a plan. God's got direction. I'll know what it is. The Holy Ghost lives on the inside of me. He will lead me. He will guide me. I can hear his voice. I know what to do. And then go on to sleep. But it just seemed as though to me that there were some people who have been having some trouble sleeping situations, circumstances, whether they be relationship, whether they be finances, whether they be health situations, have kept you from getting the kind of sleep you need. Listen, you can sleep. It is possible to sleep and to sleep well. God intends for you to sleep well. He intends for you not to be affected by the things that this world throws at us. And don't give the enemy one single second. Word says, neither give place. I found myself giving place to the enemy more times than one until I just finally just go, enough, enough. I'm going to sleep. I found this out a few years ago after I had had cancer, just, you know, five years after, you know, had gotten through with all that business, something cropped up. And it was something we had, to, we had to investigate. And then a couple years later, something else happened that we had, had required some investigation. And uh, by the, this time, the first time, it, you know, it wasn't like it was, I, I really just didn't have much of a problem with it. It took me, you know, just a little bit of time to go, okay, get, make that adjustment here, okay. Second time it happened, I immediately said, I am not worrying about this. I'm not going to be concerned about this. I don't even know what it is yet. And so for me to worry about it is pointless. Number one, if it's nothing, I have wasted a lot of precious and valuable time. And number two, if it's something, God will deliver me the same way he's done it before. You need to get to that place. You know, sometimes we forget how much God has done for us. 
And if we will start to remember what he has done for us, rehearse those things that he's done for us, we'll look at our, we'll just get ourselves by the shoulders and shake ourselves in the middle of the night and going, what are you thinking? Why are you so concerned over this? Why are you so upset over this? Why are you so stressed out over this? God has taken care of you so many times before. There is no reason to think he's going to stop now. No reason. So, first and last sermon on sleep. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.